Praise the Lord. You are listening to Scripture Unleashed. Praise the Lord. My name is Seth, and welcome to Scripture Unleashed. I'm here this week with our brothers in Christ, Joe Hosteller. Hello. Jacob Gilbert. Hey. And Anthony Lamb. Praise the Lord. It's good to be with you this week. In this episode, we're going to go through Leviticus chapters 13 through 27, also Romans 1 through 3, and Psalm 25 through 27. Though we will not be giving an overview, we will be hitting a few important topics that you would read through your Bible reading this week. Please remember, if we step on any toes, any pastoral authority in your life, just remember that God has placed your pastor over you, and just listen to your pastor. We're going to start off with Leviticus chapter 16. Jacob, do you want to start us off there? The part here in Leviticus chapter 16 that really jumped out to me while reading this was the scapegoat. We see in verse 8, begins to talk about it, it says, And Aaron shall cast lots upon the two goats, and one for the Lord, and the other for the scapegoat. And verse 9 continues, And Aaron shall bring the goat upon which the Lord's lot fell, and offer him for a sin offering. But the goat on which the lot fell to be the scapegoat shall be presented alive before the Lord to make an atonement with him, and to let him go for a scapegoat into the wilderness. Jumping down to verse 20, it says, And when he hath made an end of reconciling the holy place and the tabernacle of the congregation, and the altar, he shall bring the live goat. And Aaron shall lay both his hands upon the head of the live goat, and confess over him all the iniquities of the children of Israel, and all their transgressions in all their sins, putting them upon the head of the goat, and shall send him away by the hand of a fit man into the wilderness. And the goat shall bear upon him all, the iniqu all their iniquities unto a land not inhabited, and he shall let go the goat in the wilderness. This goat was, was sent off into the wilderness for years and years and years. Every year, Isaiah prophesies, God speaking, he says, Wash you, make you clean, put away the evil of your doings from before mine eyes, cease to do evil. Learn to do well, seek judgment, relieve the oppressed, judge the fatherless, plead for the widow. Come now, and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Every time that the scapegoats would be offered, the tradition was that the priest would take a thread and would tie that stone that said for a scapegoat. And they would tie it, and that way they wouldn't get it mixed up, and they would send it off into the wilderness by that mm -hmm. fit man. And it was to wander in the wilderness and take away the sins from the people. Well, right. one thing that's interesting is once Isaiah prophesied this, they began to dye that thread scarlet or red. And they would take that, that thread, they would cut a piece off and leave it at the tabernacle, well, at this time at the temple, while they sent it off into the wilderness. At this point, they would try and lead that goat and, and scare it off of a cliff so that it would fall and die with the sins upon it and they wouldn't mm. have to worry about it. That thread that was upon the scapegoat would then turn the thread that was at the temple white. There was a high priest by the name of Simeon the Righteous, and he was the high priest for 40 years, reading out of the, the Babylonian Talmud, which is the oral law, so to speak, that the, that the rabbis would use. But it says, throughout the 40 years that Simeon the Righteous serves as high priest, the lot would always come up in the right hand. So when they would draw lots for the scapegoat, 
the, mm-hmm. the lot for the Lord mm-hmm. would always come up in the right hand, which was supposed to be an omen, of, uh, a good omen to them. From that time onward, sometimes it would appear, come up in the right hand, sometimes it would be in the left hand. During the same span of time, the crimson thread would turn white. From that time, sometimes it turned white, sometimes it would not turn white. So long as Simeon the righteous was alive, the western lamp remained permanently lit. When he died, they went and found that it had gone out. And from that time forward, sometimes they found it extinguished, sometimes lit. What's interesting is after the time of Simeon the righteous, now he was a very good high priest, he led the people in righteousness. After that time, slowly, this scarlet thread stopped turning white until the time of the Messiah. When Jesus died in AD 30, that was the last time that scarlet thread ever turned white because the sins of the people were never covered by that blood of that scapegoat and by the blood of the other goat. That's that's very interesting. Moving on to Leviticus 17, verse 11, it says, For the life of the flesh is in the blood, in blood. and I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. I believe this is an eternal principle in the Word of God, like God has always had blood to make an atonement for the soul. Cain and Abel, right. there was a sacrifice given. Yep. Right, um, when blood was shed, the blood cried out unto God. Blood yeah. speaks for some reason to God, like because it's life. You know, his blood was for our sins. That blood made an atonement for your souls. So one way soul. of saying it would be when we're baptized unto Christ's death, we're in a way, very spiritual way, we're putting on Christ's blood over us and so we no longer have death on us we have life on us i believe that's completely true first john chapter 5 verse 8 you know i'll let you guys there are three that bear witness in earth the spirit the water and the blood and these three agree in one that's Mm -hmm. right and so it takes the blood of jesus and you have the blood of jesus christ and that's applied i believe in baptism you know, it's that blood is applied to your life. And I think you can tie the scriptures in perfectly. Actually, 38. You know, Absolutely. Hebrews chapter 9. Joe, if you want to quote that again, that'd be great. Yeah. It says, For when Moses had spoken on every precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and of goats with water and scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkled both the book and all the people, saying, This is the blood of the testament which God hath joined unto you. Moreover, he mm-hmm. sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the men. And almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without shedding of blood is no remission. Then in verse 27, as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. You know, he's talking about by the law that Moses had given. All things are by the law purged with blood. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. And he carries right on. For the law having a shadow of good things to come. And so the, everything that we just heard about the scapegoat, the sacrifices that were made, were all just pointing to Jesus Christ. Matthew yeah. chapter 26, 27. He took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission Right. of sin. And obviously he's talking about Calvary. This blood that's going to be shed is for the remission of sins. I mean, you can tie those scriptures in. They tie in so perfectly. Matthew 26, 28, this blood is shed for the remission of sins. Luke 24, 47, repentance or remission of sins. Acts 2, 38, you know, baptism right. is for the remission of sins. Hebrews 9, 22, the blood is shed 
for the remission of sins. It all ties back in this Leviticus 17.11, for the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I've given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. And so I'm I'm thankful, you know, if you, like Joe, talking about Hebrews 10, you know, that, that blood of those bulls and goats could only cover for a year. Yeah. Right. Whereas the blood of Jesus can cover for eternity. But I wanted to point out something here. It's my nerd side coming out. Leviticus seventeen eleven. For the life of the flesh is in the blood. What a true statement. Well, this was wrote down approximately four thousand years ago. That is a tr- scientifically accurate statement. Another little thing to show you that the Bible is the true word of God. Um, yeah. That it's inspired. You know, the life of the flesh is in the blood. So, what does that mean? So that literally means like the only way you're living. Uh, is by the blood flowing through your veins. Yeah. And some people are like, well, that just makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It does all kinds of things for us. You know, but some people be like, well, that just makes sense. If you don't have any blood, you die. But like, that's not always been the case in scientific thinking. Like for instance, me and Jacob were talking about it a little while back, but like George Washington, what they would do, uh, the reason he died is because they bled him to death. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because in his day, they believed like if you were sick, what they would do is they do this thing called bloodletting and they would put like leeches on you or they would cut your wrists and let you bleed out a little, a little bit. Mm-hmm. And they would think that they could bleed out the bad stuff from yeah. you. And uh, no, the life of the flesh is in the blood. Keep the blood, keep yeah. the blood in you. And then not yes. only that, but now science has discovered that, uh, you know, if, if your blood is infected or if your blood is, you know, cancer, obviously you're not going to last very long. Yeah. Right. So we need to make your blood healthy because that's where your life is at in the yep. blood. Yep. Another another thing interesting that I'm, I just have in front of me is your blood makes up 7% of the human body weight. Seven is God's perfect Ooh. number. So just wow. uh, this we're fearfully and wonderfully made. It's just yeah. amazing. Yes. Yes. The wow. detail in which we are created. It's incredible. And of course nice. it's red. It's not blue. It's not green. What did the just, red have to... Like our sins are as scarlet, like oh okay, and (laughs) I was like, what? I was like, explain to me the significance. I missed it. I was like, so here in Leviticus eighteen verse twenty one, it says, and thou shalt not let any of thy seed pass through the fire to Molech. Neither shalt thou profane the name of thy God. I am the Lord. Jumping over into chapter twenty verses two through five, again the Lord speaking against Molech. He says, again, thou shalt say to the children of Israel, whosoever he be of the children of Israel or of the strangers that sojourn in Israel, that giveth any of his seed unto Molech, he shall surely be put to death. The people of the land shall stone him with stones. And I will set my face against that man and will cut him off from among his people because he hath given of his seed unto Molech to defile my sanctuary and to profane my holy name. And if the people of the land do any ways hide their eyes from the man, when he giveth of his seed unto Molech and kill him not, then I will set my face against that man and against his family, and I will cut him off and all that go a-whoring after him to commit whoredom with Molech from among their people. So what Molech was, he's a false god. And he was a a statue of a, a, basically this monster looking thing with its mouth gaping wide open that would, they would kindle a fire inside of the statue. And Molech had arms that were like a slide that, that were in front of his mouth. And what they would do is they would go up to the altar and they would lay their children onto the hands of Molech. And the hands of Molech were burning hot because of the fire inside. And these kids would basically slide down 
into the fire and be consumed alive. And this was either little kid, you know, infants to, I mean, the firstborn, I believe, King Ahab, Hezekiah's father, sacrifices his children, which they would have been about 11 years old when he was, when he did that. It's a disgusting practice, but it also is something that we deal with today. Right. And that is abortion. Right. Molech is the spirit of abortion in today. It's interesting to note that uh, in verse 4 there, if the people of the land do any ways hide their eyes from the man when he giveth of his seed unto Molech and kill him not. Basically, if we turn a blind eye to this whole abortion issue, if we as the church don't stand up for these children's life, God's going to judge us for it. It's an abomination to him to see children right. mm -hmm. killed for no reason. Well, killed right. in any reason. If you read Proverbs chapter 6, start verse 16, these six things that the Lord hate, yea, seven, are an abomination unto him. The first one is a proud look, a lying tongue. And the third one, hands that shed innocent blood. This is an abomination unto God. There's nothing more innocent in this world than a baby. Yeah, especially an unborn yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. It's just a sick mentality. You know, I've heard preaching on this. I believe it was, it was at General Conference in 2019. Uh, Brother Rashidi Collins was preaching, and he was speaking of Molech, and he said what they would do, too, and this is a strange correlation. He said when they were giving this ceremony mm -hmm. before they burned this child, you know, they would they would have these drums beating, oh, yep. you know, boom, 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 yep. you know, just going to town on these drums, and then they would... Uh, then they would burn their child, and these drums would just kind of drown out the noise of everything. And it was yeah. like this entertainment of just drowning themselves out in entertainment. And he you know, made this perfect correlation between our world and that day, that false worship. It's the same thing. You know, people just want to have a quote-unquote better life, you know, mm -hmm. or this child doesn't fit into my life, yeah. or this child may have problems, therefore we should kill it. Like, whatever happened to trusting in God? Yeah. Right. Amen. You know, really, yeah. you know, like... You know, we, you are not God. You have no, you know, the doctor might say, you know, I just read an article just recently. The doctor had told a lady, uh, you need to have an abortion. We need to terminate this pregnancy. She was older. She was like 40. Your baby has some mouth deformities. Yeah. And she said, absolutely not. Well, not. No, we can't do that. You know, and, and I guess a few weeks later, the doctor came back to her and said, oh, your paperwork got switched up with another lady. Mm. And so what if she had terminated that wow. baby? Yeah, right. You yeah. Know? And it was, it was just like, what, what in the yeah. world? You know, yeah. right. Oh, this doesn't fit in our plans. You know, what about God? Right. You know? Yeah. You should think about this before the child was conceived. You have all kinds of yeah. choices. <laughs> yeah. You had yeah. a choice I mean, exactly. before. Yep. Killing a human being is just not one of them. You know, it makes me sick. You know, and just imagine how angry it makes God. Right. Not in any way, shape, or form right. should an apostolic or a Christian be okay with murdering an innocent child no. in the womb. Let's be very clear on this, that life begins at conception. At Psalm yeah. 39, 13, For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee. When I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth, thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect or unformed. Mm -hmm. And in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. How precious mm -hmm. also are thy thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum yes. of them. That is so, man, that is just so powerful. God right. has a plan for it's amazing. each one of us. and. To see that eliminated by somebody's selfishness is just 
one of the saddest things. That's how it's just so incompatible with Christianity because it is exactly that. It is selfishness, false idol worship. You're worshiping something Mole. You know, by doing that. And with that, listener, we're going to go to a break. Welcome back, listener. So good to have you with us. This half of the segment, uh, we are going to go through Romans chapter 1. Kind of tie that back into Leviticus chapter 18. But first, we're going to talk a little bit about the author. Obviously, it was all inspired by God. But the human author that God chose to write this book of Romans is the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul was originally called Saul of Tarsus. Um, he was a student under Gamaliel, who was a rather brilliant rabbinical scholar during his time. Paul was a man that was very passionate. He was he was a Hebrew of the Hebrews, as he writes in a few of his of his letters. And he lived as a Pharisee, meaning that he did everything he can to abide by the law to its letter. But he was also a major persecutor of the church during its first right. years. Paul was commissioned by the Sanhedrin to go out and to catch these men and women that believed on the Lord Jesus Christ and to bring them into prison and to cause them to deny Christ and then put them to death right after. He was a very brutal man. He was the one that took the clothes of the people when they stoned Stephen. Later on, Paul is on his way to Damascus. He was knocked off of his mule or a donkey. He was knocked off of it by a blinding light. <laughs> Jesus reveals himself to Paul and commissions him to be the, uh, eventually to be the apostle to the Gentiles, due to Paul's ministry, we are allowed to be saved. Paul writes nearly half of the, if not more than half, of the New Testament in his epistles. One of his compatriots, Luke, writes about uh, the gospel according to Luke and the book of Acts. And Paul is is a, a very major person. He, is, he goes from both extremes. He is a, an extreme persecutor of the church and then becomes an extreme promoter of Jesus Christ. He is stoned several times. He is beaten and whipped. He is imprisoned. He is thrown into the sea. He's bitten by a serpent. I mean, so much stuff that happens to Paul after his conversion. And this is the man that we're going to be talking about in the book of Romans. You know, I want to add to Paul. The man was incredible. Jacob, you know, as you're talking about him here and just his accolades, and he even said a Hebrew of the Hebrews, you know, like yeah. he talked about himself. And he studied at the feet of Gamaliel. All the, I mean, he was just an accredited scholar. You know, yeah, you, in yeah. the book of Acts, you find him arguing the scriptures. But the same Paul in 1 Corinthians 2 and 4, he said, In my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration yes. of the spirit and of power. What did he depend on? You know, his relationship with God and God right. working yeah. Right away in Romans uh, chapter 1, verse 1 there, he says, Paul, a servant of mm. Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, uh, separated onto the gospel of God. So he, I think he understood where he fit into the big picture. He said, look, I'm a servant mm. to Jesus Christ first, and then I, I worry about the calling that God's put on my life. And then he talks about being separated for the sake of the gospel. That's so good. So good. Um, yeah, the Apostle Paul is just a phenomenal man. Also, getting into the book of Romans here, chapter 1. What we're going to be looking at is verse 18 down through the end of the chapter. You can read it. I won't read it all just for the sake of time. But 22 says, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like the corruptible man into birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. 
Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own heart, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie, and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, turned in their lust, one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving themselves that recompense of the error which was met. Yep. And so this is obviously talking about homosexuality, yep. talking about women changing the natural use, yeah. men changing yeah, the natural use, just going against yes, yes. nature, yeah, burning in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly. Of course, we know that in the day that we live in, there is a huge push. In fact, if you don't go along with homosexuality, there are people that would like to have you banned as that would be considered hate speech. Want to make that illegal if you don't accept somebody's lifestyle. But I would just say that this is just a show of being very far removed from God in Leviticus chapter 18 verse 22 it, it, this is an abomination and it, I mean Romans chapter 1 verse 26 says they did change the natural use into that which is against nature I mean this is completely unnatural right obviously there can be no reproduction it goes against the way that we were created when God said it wasn't yeah. good for a man to be alone he made a woman why would God set a principle right. to where there would be no life? There would be only death. So a homosexual can be saved just the same way somebody that's committing yeah, for repentance, can be saved, water baptism, that. Holy Ghost. Yeah. Um, not Instead of heaven. telling them how you're totally overlooking the problem and trying to make people feel good about having the problem. There's no addressing the situation. Right. They're just saying, oh yeah, you're, right. you're doing wrong. Just go ahead and keep doing that. Well, mm. if you keep living in sin, if you keep living in unrighteousness, there, there isn't any hope for you. And our society's turned so far away from God that it's not even right. It's like accepted now. We're past the homosexual argument now because that's so accepted in society. Now it's the transgender agenda. Yeah. You're so foolish. You're so deceived. Joe, you just nailed it. This is not right. natural. A relationship does not work with two men or two women. It just does not work. And if you ever no. see a relationship, no. and you'll see it several times, and I'm not being rude, I'm not being mean, I'm being honest. You'll see it in a relationship of, of homosexual, like a, some kind of homosexual relationship. There will be always one that is more manly and dominant, and there will be one that's more effeminate whether that's men mm -hmm. or that's women, because yeah. there has to be those two roles for it to function. Obviously, there's is still not functioning at full capacity, but they're no. trying. Why that has become such a thing is, is you look there in verse 32 of Romans 1, it says, who knowing the judgment of God, this is the people that were supposed to know, this was the Israelites that mm -hmm. Paul is talking about here, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Look at the way that the homosexual agenda pushed itself on our society was not through wisdom, you know, worldly wisdom. It wasn't through any of that. It was through making the people laugh. The mm -hmm. homosexual agenda right. pushed itself through sitcoms and other television shows and books and dramas, anything to make a person. If you make somebody laugh, you can make them accept what you're selling them. 
And because of that, our society went along with it. And I, I teach this to our youth, what you look at, what you find pleasure in, the, the games you play, the books you read, the music you listen to. If you find pleasure in those things, you are accepting them. And it yeah, becomes I mean, part we're, of your life. We're at, we're at the full blunt of the, I guess, the force of it now in 2020. But, I mean, this yeah. is something that happened overnight. This is No, no, this, this has been going on for years. They're trying to portray them as funny, as acceptable, as nice, as kind. Which, I mean, yes, these people are nice. They make tell a good joke. But sure, love the people, but hate the sin. Hate the I sin. Mean, like Paul lists Romans 1, verses 29, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murders, <clears throat> debate, deceit, mal malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, uh, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedience, appearance, all of those mm -hmm. things. First mm -hmm. Corinthians six nine and ten, you know, all of right. those aren't going to make yeah. it to heaven. So I mean, we got so many people to reach. This is just why do we talk about it? I mean, this home it seems like people bring up this homosexual uh, topic a lot. It's because it's the battle of yeah. our day, right? Yeah. When you go past the line, the guidelines of God's word, there's anything and everything's open at that yeah. point. For I am unashamed. We're talking about. Psalm chapter 25, and then Romans verse yeah, 16. So. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. And then Psalm 25, verse 3. Yea, let none that wait on thee be ashamed. Let them be ashamed which transgress without cause. Anthony, why don't you take off with that? The thing about the righteous, if you're living righteously, there is nothing, absolutely nothing to be ashamed of. Mm -hmm. But those in sin do have something to be ashamed of. I mean, I know it's 2020, and we just talked about uh, specific sin. This is the full gospel message. The, the whole Bible is the gospel message. So when we believe it, when we preach it, when we talk about it, when we witness from it, there's absolutely nothing to be ashamed of. It's a good life, yeah. man. It's, it's the best life. life. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Right. Absolutely. And I'm sorry, Jacob, but you don't have anyone to wake up next nope. to yet. But, <laughs> but uh, when a man finds a wife, you know, he findeth a good thing and obtains favor mm -hmm. from the Lord. Hand of the Lord, I guess. Not oh. Right, but, <laughs> oh. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, speaking of Jacob, I'm pretty sure Jacob had a verse of, uh, in Leviticus chapter 13 that really ministered to him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jacob. Oh. This is probably the most important verse of the day. Leviticus chapter 13, verses 40 and 41. All right. This is the one that, that if you get nothing out of this week's podcast, this is the one you need to take home with you. <laughs> <laughs> and the man whose hair has fallen off his head, he is bald, yet is he clean. And he that hath wow, his you. hair fallen wow. off the part of his head toward his face, he is forehead bald, yet is he clean. Amen. He's still clean. Ladies, <laughs> <laughs> Jacob is not completely bald I am not yet. Bald. Um, hey. He is clean. He does shower once a week, whether he needs it or not. He is clean, yes. <laughs> well, we want to thank you, listener, today for following along with Scripture Unleashed. Did we not cover something that jumped out to you during this week's Bible reading? Let us know. We'd love to hear from you. You can do so by sending us a voice message through anchor.fm. We'd appreciate it. If there's something deeper that you found in the Word of God that you want to share with us, we'd love it. 
well, maybe we can put it on our Facebook page. Mm -hmm. uh, also, if you have a word of encouragement or advice for the show, let us know. Are we too long? Are we too short? Is there more info that you would like? Just let us know. We appreciate it. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. We look forward to having you with us next week as we go through Romans chapters 4 through 16, Numbers 1 through 3, and Psalm 28 through 30. Good night. Good night. God bless, <laughs> God bless you. Thank you for listening. This has been Scripture Unleashed.